Pastor, welcome to Reignite Church. And um, I, you know our philosophy, I say it all the time, love is the way we serve, right? Love is the way we serve. I'm holding y'all to that. So when things happen, I'm looking for love to show up. When things happen, I'm looking for that DNA of love to be in you and in me. And I believe I see it in us. Um, we're getting there. But we're in week two of our series called Travel Light. That's our holiday season, uh, our holiday series for the season. Um, this series is all about letting go of stuff. That's what I talked to you about last week. We begin with the intro talking about letting go of stuff. What was the stuff, Pastor? We were talking about letting go of stuff, things that like hurts and disappointments, um, things that we travel with us because this world is not our home, right? This is not the final stop. We are, the Bible says that we are citizens of heaven, right? Once you believe Christ and you're a child of God, we are citizens of heaven. And so this isn't the final home. Uh, I, I love my house, but I'm not trying to uh, adore my house with so much that I'm holding on to it so tight. You know what I'm saying? My cars and my, my family, um, these are all things God has loaned to me because this world is not my home. Follow me? And so, so we thank God for the stuff, but sometimes we carry unnecessary stuff with us. I brought my backpack with me. Every, every week I have my backpack, but sometimes we carry unnecessary stuff that, we, that God doesn't mean for us to carry. And so in this series, we're going to let go. I, I talked to you in a broad um, way last week about letting go of the stuff, and that can be anything that's unnecessary. This week and the following weeks, we're going we're gonna to hone in on specifics. Today, I want to use for a subject, letting go of distractions. Everybody say distractions. distractions. Do y'all get distracted like I do? Yes. OMG. Um, when I was working on this, I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, this, this is so, so, so needed because we can all find ourselves distracted. Um, it's easy to get distracted. Um, and I, I usually excuse my distractions as multitasking. I don't know. Are y'all like that? You know, I'll be working on a sermon, and then I'll think of something I need to order on Amazon, and I'll look over, and I'm like, oh, man, I need to bring this to the church. I need to whatever. And, I, and, and I'll, I'll be doing two things at once, and I'll be like, oh, I'm just multitasking. You know, and so I excuse it away, but really I'm distracted. Oh, oh gosh. Um, you can be distracted while driving. Have, has anyone ever been distracted driving? Have you ever, have you ever just just been driving somewhere and just your, your mind is kind of goes on autopilot and you end up somewhere and it's like, how did I? <laughs> oh my, okay, that's not just me. I thought I need to check myself in because something's wrong. <laughs> but sometimes you can get distracted. This morning I was, I was trying to think of the, the message because we had the party so late. I didn't get to go over it last night and I was thinking of the message in my head. And then I was looking over at Tiffany coming in and she's doing her warm-ups and she's listening to her her stuff on her phone, and she's me, 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 my, 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 my. I said, what if that's all I got for them this morning because I was distracted with driving? I couldn't, I couldn't focus. My, 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 my. I'm like, Lord, I don't think, I know that there's a sentence that says Jesus wept as a prayer, but I think they're going to need more than that this morning. Sometimes you can be distracted while praying. Oh, oh, you, you can be in a focus room. Sometimes quietness for me with prayer is not helpful. Most of the time it is, but sometimes it's not. Because if it's too quiet, I start thinking about other stuff. Oh, <laughs> start thinking about other stuff. 
And sometimes I need a little static noise or some kind of little, what, what do we call it, babe? Some white noise or something in the background. It, when I'm working on my sermons, I have to have that. But you can even be distracted while praying. Um, you can be distracted about just about anything. You can even be distracted while I'm speaking. While I'm speaking this morning, you can be distracted by something. Yes. 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 Thank you. That was planned. That was planned. Thank you. Thank you, brother. You, you can even be distracted while I'm speaking. And, and seriously, I'm, I'm, I can be distracted every week I talk to you by looking at your faces. Sometimes I, I'm looking at your faces and, and y'all are like, what you going to bring to me today? <laughs> what you got for me today, Pastor? <laughs> What's in your back pocket? Uh, sometimes, sometimes people are sleeping. You know, I, I can see your eyes. Even though I'm up here and you're back there, I can see your eyes. And sometimes that's why I get louder, because I want you to be able to, to hear me and focus and wake up. Um, but sometimes it's hard, even while I'm speaking, to stay focused and centered. That's why, although the message is in my heart, I always have notes. That, that's one reason why I always have notes, to be able to bring me back in, um, as well as to prepare the book that I'm going to be working on. But you can be distracted even while speaking. And sometimes it happens to me even up here. Distractions are everywhere. And we have to fight to be focused. My voice sounds deeper this morning, babe. You like that? <laughs> I just got distracted. I just heard how my voice sounds. I don't have my, my high-pitched voice. And so I'm, I'm like, Lord, I got a cold, but keep it going. You know, she, she's smiling at me this morning. Normally she's looking at me like, <laughs> but she's smiling this morning. Let me go deeper. And so it's a fight to stay focused, but it's absolutely worth the fight. Amen. Oh, yes, it is. Um, in everything we do, we have unlimited potential for distractions. Unlimited potential. You can have out your phone and be ready to take notes, and you get some emergency text from somebody on the third row. <laughs> you know. I'm just messing, just messing this morning. Distractions are everywhere. Here's the definition of, of distractions. The distraction is something that takes your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. Something that takes your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. As a Christian, what are we supposed to be doing? Yeah, praying, reading his word, focusing in on our faith, loving on people, that are unloving. Jesus said that's, you, you, what, what makes you different is loving people that are unloving, not loving the lovable. The, I can love on y'all here, that's easy, that's gravy. But when you go on a job, that hateful person, that's what we're supposed to be focusing in on. Your job is your mission field. Your family is your mission field. Your church is your mission field. Remember we said we practice in private what we want to perfect in public? So you practice being uncomfortable here so you can focus on your faith out there. That's the stuff that we're supposed to be doing. That's for free. That's for free. That's for free. This is important. While we focus on your faith, while we focus on our faith, the devil focuses on your distractions. Wow. What, what if we really got that? While we're locked in and focused on our faith, the devil is focused on distracting you so you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. The things that matter. Can I advance the conversation a little further? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here it goes. This is what the devil doesn't want you to know. 
The devil doesn't want you to know that if the devil can distract you, he doesn't have to destroy you. Because you know what? You will destroy yourself if you're distracted enough and you're off course. So the devil, he doesn't have to distract, destroy you. All he has to do is just distract you. A distraction is not focusing in on what you're supposed to be doing. Anything that turns you away, to the left or to the right, from what you're doing. What, what, am, I, what am I doing? What, what does God have you doing right now? If you're distracted. And if that's true, and it is, your development is more of a threat to him. Yeah, than your destruction. I'll say that again. If the devil's goal is to distract you instead of destroying you, your development is more of a threat than your destruction. And this is why that's important. I got scripture for that. I know y'all waiting on the scripture. Luke 10, 38. Luke 10, 38. It'll be on the screen, but you can click over there, turn over there with me. Luke 10, 38 says this. This is, this is what your, your, your Bible says. 10, 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. What did Martha do? She welcomed Jesus into her house. He was on his way to Jerusalem, but he stopped by. Now, now, you might not know this just by looking at the text, but to give you the backstory, Jerusalem is only less than two miles away, but he stops in to see his friends. Mary, Martha, this is where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus hung out. This is their home. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he, he stops by two miles away a walk, and yet he stops by to hang out with his friends. And he says, verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted. Y'all see it? Distracted with much serving. Man, that doesn't seem right, Pastor. And, and, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve, left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Man, I believe sometimes we get a Martha spirit. Yeah, we, we do. Martha invited Jesus into the house. Now Martha is preparing. You know, you're not going to have Jesus over the house and you're not have the, the, the floor spot mopped like we do because we have dogs, you know. You're you're going to go around, you're going to dust some things, you're going to put some air freshener in the bathroom, so when Jesus goes in there, you know, you're not going to. Martha's checking on the pot roast. She's giving refills and everything, and and, and her sister, Mary, goes off, and she sits at Jesus' feet, and she's got an attitude about it. She's complaining about it, and so she goes to Jesus, she goes to Jesus, and she's like, why don't you do something about this? Don't you see I'm doing all this, and she's doing... She's doing nothing but sitting at your feet. She's serving, but yet she's complaining. She's doing what she's supposed to do, but she's got an attitude about it. She's got a mood. She's she's not being social like she should probably. Sometimes I believe that we got a Martha spirit. We're doing what we're supposed to do, but we got a mood about ourselves. Sometimes we got an attitude about it. I'm busy, God. I'm doing what I need to do. But I'm worried about who's not doing what they should do. But Martha was distracted with much serving. 
Sometimes you can be distracted because there's a lot of stuff going on in your head. Pastor, this is good. This is good. I'm giving y'all both barrels, I told you this morning. Maybe, maybe, let me just read verse 41. Verse 41, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. In other words, there's a lot of stuff going on in your head, Martha. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Here's what I want you to know about distractions. Distractions have the ability to change your mood. Let my words settle. When you're distracted in the head, it has the ability to change your mood. Even when you're doing what you're supposed to do, even though you're blessing people with God's, with God's ways of serving and doing and loving, you can, be, you can be the best father you're trying to be in the home, but because you're distracted about the job or you're distracted about what, what others are not doing, you, you will become a, a, a bitter parent at home, a bitter, a bitter husband at home, a bitter coworker, a bitter servant in the Lord's house. When you're distracted by so many things going on in your head, the distractions have the ability to change your mood. I have to check myself. I can be doing, I love pastoring, I love serving, but I have to check myself. Each and every time I'm doing something that I'm deeming good for God, that I have the right attitude about it. Because it'll erase everything. You know, this is for free. Just for free. This is not in my notes. I'm just freestyling. Holy Spirit's moving. Um, when we get to heaven, the Bible says that we'll lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. And, and our works, all our works, everybody say our works. our works. Our works. Our works will be tried by fire when we stand before God. Our works will be tried by fire. What, what, what does that mean, Pastor? That means everything you did to serve God, to serve your family, to be nice to your coworkers, that, to those that despitefully use you, everything you did in the name of Christ will be tried by fire. Did you have the right attitude? Did you have the right mood? Were you distracted or were you just doing it because you're supposed to be doing it? Mm-hmm. Amen. <sighs> I'm not even on my first point yet. Amen. <laughs> so here's the first thing I need you to know. In order to let go of distractions, everybody say, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. One more time, let it go. In order to let go of distractions, a disciple must be disciplined. That's the first thing you need to know. In order to let go of distractions, a disciple must be disciplined. So church, here's the question on the floor. What are you disciplined to do? That's for you. That's not for your neighbor. That's your pastor asking you. What are you disciplined to do? What separates Martha Martha and Mary in our text is how Mary adjusted to the teaching of Jesus. Just to give you some backstory, um, when when the rabbis taught in those days in in ancient biblical antiquity, when rabbis taught the students, and we are called disciples, which means student and learner of Christ, right? But in those days when rabbis taught, the students sat at the feet of the rabbis. And they listened. So there's a lot of stuff to do, but when teaching, when teaching, you have to adjust. And you have to sit and listen. 
And so Mary, Mary was doing what was good. And sometimes we're all doing good things. But maybe it's not the right thing at the time. In, in Acts 22, I wrote this down, so I'm going to give it to you. Paul said that he was taught at the feet of Gamaliel. Now, you don't, hear, you don't hear much about him, but there's all kind of ancient texts about him. He was the world-renowned scholar. Now, we all know Paul. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Paul was the man outside of Jesus. Paul, Paul was, but he sat, Acts 22, look it up later. It says that he sat at the feet of Gamil. That was his rabbi. And then because of his teaching was effective to Paul, Paul goes off and changes the world. He wasn't a great speaker, but he could write. He could write from his experience. I can tell you all that God has done for me, all that I've been through. And he penned the New Testament, most of the New Testament, because of Gamaliel. And he sat at his feet. If the good we do makes us crabby and critical, then you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Mary wasn't the problem. Discipline was. Selah. Let that sit. Think about that. That means pause. Think about that when you see that in scripture. You become distracted. And I have, I have a little thing on the screen. I hope you can see it. What if you're distracted and you're, and you're being critical and moody and you're distracted and you're not doing what you're supposed to do? What if there was a sign? What if there's a warning sign that where there's a post up beside you to, to let you know, to let others know not to come near me because I'm distracted. Y'all have, that, y'all have the image of the sign, the warning sign? What, 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 if, what, if every time, what, if you, what if every time you were distracted, there was a sign that God dropped down from heaven that said, warning, I have issues, approach at your own risk. <laughs> Some of y'all are not laughing because y'all know that, man. Now, it's good that Martha was preparing for her guests, but distractions don't have to be bad or wrong for them not to be effective. You can have good distractions, and you can have bad distractions. Mary wasn't doing anything bad. Martha wasn't doing anything bad. She was doing something good, but she was still off. And I love the text that Jesus didn't check her right there in front of everybody in the house. Jesus just said, Martha, Martha, Marshall, Marshall, dude, milk dud. (laughs) Tiffany has chosen the good part. Okay, God, (laughs) let me sit and listen for a minute. What do you have for me now? She wasn't doing anything good, but there's a difference between what's good and what's best. There's a book, I can't remember the author that I, 
that um, I was blessed to find a few years ago talking about the difference between good and great. There's a difference between what's good and what's best. What's good to do and what's best to do. Here's the second thing you must know. In order to let go of distractions, you must diminish the distractions by choosing what's best. Diminish the distractions by choosing what's best. Paul says this, the Apostle Paul, he says this in 1 Corinthians 7.35. He says, I'm saying this for your benefit. He's talking to his, his comrades. Not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. I'm going to help somebody this morning. I'm going to free somebody. Somebody say, help me. I'm asking the Holy Spirit the same thing. Help me, help me, help me. Um, it, it, would, it, it would serve the Lord best maybe if you spent less time, less time, less time, less time on your cell phone. I'm going to help somebody this morning. Maybe it would serve the Lord best if we spent less time being distracted with our phones. Your mobile, your mobile device, my mobile device, is a common distracting, a distraction amongst us, amongst people. On average, statistics say that we pick up our cell phones on average every 10 minutes. Well, I know somebody in my family who does even more than that. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not looking at nobody. But I'm going to spill my own tea here in a minute. On average, we pick up our cell phone every 10 minutes. And on average, a person, and the average person spends two hours a day on social media alone. And, that, and, that, and that's not the bad part. That equates to at least seven years, about around seven years of your life that's unproductive. Because on average, we spend about two hours of, of looking on our social, just social media stuff. Seven years. If you're a younger person, about seven years. The lifespan of your life is unproductive because we're clicking and searching. Clicking and searching. This means that we're not productive. That means that our relationships will start to struggle. And that means even more than that, that we're not close to God. Because we're clicking. We're scrolling and searching. We're distracted. If you want to know what your productive week looks like, Pastor, help me. How do I know what my productive, uh, if I'm productive during the week? Everybody have one of these? Everybody got a mobile phone? I think if you're probably over 16 and over, everybody's got one, right? <laughs> Say amen if you have a phone. Amen. I'm going to help you. Pastor, help me. All right. All right. God, help us. God, help us this morning because I'm going to help you. Something I found out, something I learned. Um, if you could take your phone out, everybody take your phone out because I know you got one. Everybody take your phone out. This is a full participation moment right here. Everybody take your phone out. Maybe you're taking notes with your phone right now. Put it on the home screen. Silence your phones. Take your phone out, though. I told you I'm going to spill my own tea. I don't need nobody to spill it for me. God slapped me. Y'all see the fingerprints? He slapped me with this first. <laughs> Everybody got their phone out and you got it on the home, on your home screen? Hold it up. Hold it up. I want to make sure everybody's participating. Okay. Oh, y'all got some nice... You got pictures on your stuff? You know, I know y'all distracted by them beautiful pictures and stuff. All right, all right. Okay, follow your boy. Go to your settings. 
Everybody there? And now I don't, I don't know if you don't have an Apple phone or whatever. I don't know if this is going to work for you. Um, but go to your settings. Go down to screen time and click it. Screen time. Apple, Apple's done this. I don't know if all the other mobile companies have this. But, but, but follow me if you have an iPhone. Go down to screen time. Click it. Go down to see all activity. Ooh. Ooh. Click that. Yes, yes. Can I be transparent with you? This, this right here will give you all the activity of social media and, and everything that you've done for the week. This will let you know how productive your week was. Uh, can I give you, can I, can I, can I just tell my tea? When, 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 when I discovered this this week and I, and I went down and I, and I hit my settings and I went down to see screen time and see, see all activities, I found out that I spent, Lord help me, 34 hours of unproductivity clicking and searching. Now the beautiful thing about that, it lets you know what, what, was, what was social media, what was searching, what was, what was your, um, I, I did a funeral Friday for a dear friend. Um, I, I used my phone to, to get down there on my GPS, but it broke all that down. So I didn't, you know, I'm happy that it wasn't all just social media, but the bad thing, 34 hours, and I got so much to do. I got sermons to write, the things to prepare for. Like I said, funerals, the stuff that pops up during the week, all kinds of stuff. And I'm on my phone wasting time, being distracted, being distracted. Okay, you can put your phones away. I don't want you to be distracted. Y'all looking at your pictures from last night and... The videos from folks dancing. Matter of fact, last night, if I could stray off a little bit, last night, I mean, that, that, that dance-off was the truth. That dance-off, that wasn't planned. That was, that was unscripted. <laughs> but, man, I thought Jay was going to hurt his leg again. Anthony broke it down. I said, if Jay goes and breaks it down and tries to make it equal, he's going to break down. <laughs> I love him. We've been friends for ever since I moved to Virginia. I can pick on him. Um, but that, that was such a good time, and that dance-off is, is on social media, by the way. <laughs> you can look at it later on the church page. Um, <laughs> I uploaded it. I was tired last night. I was like, let me upload this before I'm distracted and go to sleep. I've got to do better, church. 34 hours of searching, clicking, GPS, using my phone. I don't like that. That's, that, that, that. That hurt me when I discovered that. So there's a quote that says, starve your distractions, feed your focus. Starve your distractions, feed your focus. Um, if we're going to starve our distractions, we must diminish them, which was my second point. How do I do that, Pastor? We have to treat whatever's distracting me as a temptation to sin. And keep it at a distance. Everybody say, keep it at a distance. Keep it at a 
Yes, yes, yes. In Genesis 39, the Bible says that when Joseph, when Joseph was um, uh, a servant in Potiphar's house, Joseph succeeded in everything that he did until he had a situation where in serving in Potiphar's house, that his wife, Potiphar, when Potiphar was away one day, his wife looked at him with lustful eyes. And, it went, and because Joseph was successful in everything, she was kind of attracted to him. And so he, she, she looked at him and wanted to sleep with him. She was trying to allure him with her beauty and everything. But he was, he was committed to God and committed to, to, the, to the master, right? And so when she looked at him with lustful looks, she, he ran away. He distanced himself. And that's what we have to do with our distractions. When distractions come, we got we to gotta keep it at a distance. Pastor, what do you mean? Maybe that means when you go to a restaurant... You got to leave your phone. I have to leave my phone in the car. Maybe that means like we did on the first of the year, and we'll do this again, first of the year in January. Maybe when we do our 21-day fast, like, God, what do you want us to do and how you want us to do it? What do you want to do with my family, my life, my job, whatever situation? Maybe we got to starve ourselves from social media for a month or two, or like some, I'm so proud to know that, have did it the rest of the year. But I didn't. Maybe we got to starve ourselves from social media some. Well, how productive would we be if we did that? That means whatever is distracting you, if it takes away from studying, prayer, or the things of God, if it takes away from your relationship or your goals, let it go. Let it go. Let your inner Elsa come out and distance yourself from it. Maybe for some student, maybe, maybe, maybe it's um, distancing yourself from your Xbox or Fortnite. Ladies, maybe it's distancing yourself from deleting and removing your Pinterest apps. Whatever it is, what's your thing? What's your thing that distracts you the most? For me, it's Amazon. And, and, and if I can, and I, if I can continue to keep spilling my tea as I'm sharing, you know I like to be transparent. Tiffany doesn't really like to shop, and I don't really like to go out by myself. So for me, it's easy to window shop on Amazon, just looking, just looking. But I can spend hours looking. <laughs> She'll walk by and slap me on the head in the office. You're supposed to be doing your sermon. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna do better. I'm going to do better. I'm just being transparent. Which leads me to my third point. In order to let go of your distractions, you must listen to the voice of God. If you're going to let go of the distractions, you have to listen to the voice of your Heavenly Father. John 10, 27 says, this, this is beautiful. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me so much in there. I'm going to try to, for the sake of time. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Your quality time with God is just just as much about listening as it is about you talking. Because that's when the instruction comes. When you're reading his word and his word is reading you, you know, I, I remember one time, I think I told you this before, I don't know, I was telling, telling a friend before, but being transparent, I remember when I was, I was all into self, I was working out, you know, doing my thing and wearing, wearing spaghetti tees uh, uh, to, the, to the mall. We go to the mall, put on my shorts and my little tank top, because I was, you know, I was, all, I was 168 when we got married. And then um, 
yeah, I start working out with these guys who are all amateur bodybuilders and stuff. And I start feeling myself. I went from 168 when we got married to 200 pounds in six months. Buff. But then the weight kept going. <laughs> Couldn't stop the train once it moved. But anyway, um, I say that to say, sometimes we can be distracted. Sometimes we can be distracted doing the right thing the wrong way. And I was reading his word one day in the bathroom, because I like to do this. In the middle of the night, God will wake me up, and I'll get up and I'll read. I'll go in the bathroom, sit on the floor, and read his word. And I was reading the word where it says, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness profiteth a lot. That was King James Version. And it changed me instantly. When the Bible read me back, it changed my attitude, my mood. Tiffany can tell you, I, she don't know when it happened, but I can tell you when it happened because I was reading God's word and I was all full of, you know, working out with these amateur bodybuilders. We're, we're doing leg workouts and stuff. I'm standing on the guy's back with a 45. We're getting buff and we're getting big. They're in competitions. I'm right there with them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, look what God is doing. Look how I look now because I've never been big until then. But God said, bodily exercise, profit is little, but godliness brought me right back in focus and I stopped didn't stop working out I just stopped what I was thinking how I was doing how I was how I was acting that's what changed me so you can let go of something if you read the word you can let go of something I don't care what it is church trust me you can let go of something if you listen to God if you listen to his voice and let him let him tell you what you should and should not be doing not, not pastor, let God, I'm, I'm his vessel, but let him tell you what you should and should not be doing. Your life will become more productive. And I believe when you stand before him, when he tries your words, when he tells the angels, try, your, try everything she did, he did by fire. Did he do it for the right motives? Check. Did he do it but with the right attitude and mood? Check. Did he do it because I told him? Did she do it because I told her to do it? Okay, back, back in. Your quality time is just as much about listening to God as it is talking. Because when you're, in a, when you're able to hear, you're enabled to follow. When you're abled, you have the mental capacity to believe what God enables you to do. So you and I can let go of distractions if it's God's will. And I believe that it is God's will to let go of distractions. I'm going to give you this and we're done. Romans 8.35 says, Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Ashley, Willie, can we put those on the screen, those two verses on the screen? Romans 8.35, Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Y'all see that? Next verse, um, skip down to 37. Next verse. See the things that go back, go back one slide, Will. Or persecution, or hunger, or destitute, and danger, threatened, will death. Is there anything that will separate you from the love of Christ? Not even death will separate you. I and mean, we're supposed to die to ourselves, but not in death we are His. Nothing will separate you from the love of Christ. But this is what I want you to see. Verse 37. No, that's the answer. 
No, despite all these things, despite all these other distractions that we could be concerned about or things we could be doing, things that could happen to us, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Say it with me. Victory is mine. You didn't say it like you're victorious. Say it with me again. Victory is mine. Yes, victory is ours. I said all this to tell you this. The devil or, or no devil or force of hell can make you turn from God. No devil or force of hell can make you bad. No devil or force of hell can make you in a mood. No devil or force of hell can, can make you distracted. You make yourself distracted. You can let go of distractions, though, if you remember this. A disciple must be disciplined. And, and, and that's, that's, that's only if you're a disciple. If you're just saying, oh, I know church, and you punch that ticket, I go to church. I, I know God. The devil knows God. There's no different. Um, I, I, I've heard of Jesus, but he hasn't changed anything about me. I'm, I'm the same Christian I was in, if, if, when I got saved in 2000 as I am in 2019. I'm the same. If you, that's not a disciple. But if you're a disciple, if you're a disciple, a disciple would be disciplined. I hope y'all love me. And a disciple must diminish distractions by choosing what's best in order to listen to the voice of God. Choosing what's best. Put my phone away. But do you see what I did? I put my phone away, but I put it on her. And that's what we want to do. Martha put her distractions on Mary. No, choose what's best and listen for what, what you're supposed to be doing. Because your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and your God is too good for us to live distracted. Say, let it go. Let it go. Let our inner Elsa come out when it comes to distractions. And we got to let it go. Can you stand with me as we close? Is that good, everybody? Amen. 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 Thank God. God, we thank you. Every head's bowed, every eye closed. I want to challenge you real quick. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I want to challenge you real quick. If there's something that you need to let go of, if there's something that you know has you at times, Amazon. There's something that has you at times, Pinterest, Xbox, Fortnite, spending, relationships. If there's something that has you, I want you to come up here and say, God, I'm going to let it go today. Social media, I'm going to let it go. My phone, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to challenge you. Is there anybody who want to step out right now? Come up here. I don't want you to say, come up here and tell me. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, come up here and say, God, I'm releasing this to you right now. I need the power of your Holy Spirit to help me to let it go. If there's anything, I mean, some are coming, some are coming. Just give it, just real quick. You know if God is speaking to you. If you're a disciple, you're listening to the voice of God. If you can't, if you're unable to move, then maybe stay right there. But if God is prompting your heart to move, say, I want you to come and say, God, I'm giving this to you. And, and, and this is the prayer, church. This is the prayer. I need your Holy Spirit, the power of your spirit to help me let it go. So you can't just give it to him. If you're going to be consistent with this, you're going to need the power of God to say, I release it and let it go. 
that's what I did. That's what I did. Your pastor already went before you. I said, God, let, help me with this. Help me with this clicking and searching. Help me with this Amazon shopping. Help me with my mobile device, Lord. I'm going to do better, but I need your power. We all know what it is. I'm praying. I'm praying over you. Church is praying. Altar's full. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you for being obedient. I'm praying over you guys. I'm praying over you guys. I'm, I'm believing for you. I'm believing with you. I'm believing. I'm believing. The Lord's going to do it. He's going to do it. And when he does it, God, God will give you the glory, just like it was with me with exercise, just like it was with me with exercise. God's going to let you know that I did it. I did it. I did it because you listened. He's going to let you know I did it because you listened. We can let go of our distractions this morning. Father, we release our distractions to you. And we ask that you give us the help that we stand in need of as a church, as, a, as individuals, as a family, as a church, as your children, as disciples of God. Help us, Lord, to let go and release anything that, may be, that we may be struggling with. Anything that you've enlightened our heart to, to see that this is the area we need to let go and release. Father, we release it. By your power, may you help us to be consistent with it. Jesus' name we pray. And we plead the blood of Jesus over every family, every person listening online, everyone that's under the sound of my voice. I plead the blood of Jesus over them that they will have the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to let it go.